And everybody else that's playing, you're in Vegas. And we sent you. It's not the worst trade-off ever. Also coming up at 7.30, fourth row tickets for the WWE. They come back into town October the 7th. And Fantone's all excited because he's already secured his tickets. Oh, yeah. Your boy is very excited about it. Yeah, Smackdown uh, branded event. And uh, it's a Saturday night. So, you know, it's going to be like, uh, like I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to be like, oh, dude, I got to wake up early tomorrow morning. No, your boy's going balls to the wall. We are, uh, we are going to reach out to the WWE and try to get a couple of uh, of the WWE superstars. Mm-hmm. They're not wrestlers. They're WWE superstars. I, I, was, I was yelled at once before. They are WWE superstars. And we're going to reach out and try to get a couple of those guys to do the program. Maybe yeah. even one of the – they're not called divas anymore. What are they called? Oh, now? they're superstars as well now. That, they're yep. just superstars. Yep. It's a, oh, okay, it's I like even, it. It's an even playing field oh, in like the it. WWE universe. There. Yeah, I like it a lot. How are you today, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. I can't complain at all. Yesterday kind of got a weird message on Facebook, though. Oh, no. And I, dude, I greatly appreciate when people reach out. And I, I mean, whether it's somebody, you know, that just listens or somebody from my past that I've kind of lost touch, you know, with and they've, you know, hey, listen to the show and kind of wanted to reach out to you. So I got this message from this kid that I went to high school with. And for a while, like, he lived on the other side of the country, but I guess he's back now. And this wasn't like. This wasn't like my best friend in high school or really even anything close to it. Like not even somebody that like I would hang out with on the weekends. But if we had a class together, you know, we'd say hello and we'd knuckle we'd knuckle head around together. You know, he was funny. I was funny. Like it it was just kind of one of those situations where, you you know, two ships in the night. But on Saturday, we're going to call him. No, if we pass, we pass. So um, so this kid sends me a message yesterday. I mean, 33 year old man. just (laughs) I don't know why I'm calling him a kid. But um, so this dude sends me a message yesterday and is like, hey, dude, you know, I just wanted to reach out to you. You know, you were definitely one of my favorite people in high school. He's like, and with everything going on in the world today. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to jump off this bridge <laughs> and well no 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 quite exactly the opposite he says to me he's like dude he's like i know you work in radio and he's like i know you're a creative person and i think you're really funny and he's like i know with that you know comes a lot of issues for people he's like so i just wanted to reach out to you and say if you've ever got anything going on you can talk to me. Oh, be what? Because a lot of like celebrities have been offing themselves lately. I guess a lot of and entertainment people have been offing I, themselves I, I, lately. I was almost a little bit like half offended, half flattered because I was like, "Well, dude, he's kind of right. I don't exhibit anything that's like." Yeah, none of them did either. Though. Um, dude, I think you can look back at Lincoln Park and be like, "All right, well, maybe Chester does have some emotional issues going on. Maybe, maybe it, it just felt like a little bit like." Uh, yeah, it's, I, I see what you're saying. It felt like a little bit. I don't want to say presumptuous. It is, it, but I was just like, it I, is. I didn't, I didn't you know, know how that, to take it. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of a white person taking up for black people on Twitter. Like, no, I need to be one of the good white people. I, I no, I really do. I, I, th- that's what that is. It's, it seems like somebody that wants to fix a problem all by themselves. And not gonna do that. And I, I mean, I was a little like flattered. I guess the fact that he thought that like. I was creative enough to be suicidal or something like it was just such a weird like message to get at three o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, if I would have posted something like cryptic on Facebook and, you know, then maybe I could understand it. But it's like, dude, I'm just over here living my life doing nothing. And you're like sending me this message about like, dude, if you're ever suicidal. I'll talk to you. And I'm like, I, I guess I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I think that's people. Dude, that's overstepping your bounds. Yeah, it really kind of was. It hey, felt- we're not friends. I haven't talked to you in 20 years since high school. Like, And then this is your foray Some- back into my life? Something so personal, too. Right. And like... It was well intended. I, 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 yeah. I'll grant the kid that it wasn't. It's not like he was trying to like. He wasn't like that chick that was like, "Yo, go kill yourself, dude. You should shoot yourself in the head." It was just like, I, I, I just felt very like 
and I'm glad it was message as opposed to like me talking to somebody because I just felt so oh, awkward about it. I just felt so like, okay, man, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know how to respond after that. What a weird thing to do to somebody. That's what I thought too. I was, I was very like, I don't know, just taken back from it all day. Like, why did this? Why did this kid send me this message? I, so. See, to me, that's more about him than it is about you. Like it just that's boredom in them. It's I don't have a lot going on in me, right. and this is happening, and th- these things have been happening, and I know this guy, so I, so right. I, I need to stir up my life and make sure I'm not bored. And he's going to do it through you. And a, a, a sad thing to say, but probably the closest access he has to like somebody with a form of celebrity on them. And I'm not trying to insult the word celebrity. I do not view mm-hmm. myself as that at all. But the fact that I have some notoriety to me and I'm somewhat known, I think that was probably like well. Dude, you know, he's going to be the next one that kills himself. Right. And I'm just like, I, I mean, listen. Like, I well, maybe appreci- he's met Keith Kennedy. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate <laughs> you know it. I mean, maybe that's what it is. I appreciate it, but it was it was it was unnecessary. And I, I guess thanks, Eric. That's that was cool and weird of you. Yeah, I say this all the time about people. Just because you have a keyboard doesn't mean you need to use it every five minutes. Like that was. I mean, I get. I, it's hard to knock somebody for trying to do something decent, but. I mean, dude, if you haven't talking to somebody, if you haven't spoken to somebody in forever, they're probably not the person you're going to open up to about suicidal thoughts. No, I, I'm I not mean, just going to randomly just, pick someone. I mean, we did just talk about this with Linkin Park. You know what I mean? Like we did kind of openly talk about it, you know, yeah. pretty heavily for two days. So, but Chris, that was like a week and a half ago. Well, Chris Cornell prior to him, and I mean, dude, there's no shortage of celebrities offing themselves. I'm just saying, life. maybe he heard, heard the Lincoln Park, you know, show, and then thought, oh, well, I, you know, I better speak out. I, I I do not know what the catalyst to that was. I don't know why he decided to reach out, but yeah, some dude doesn't want me to throw myself off the Hall of Fame bridge, apparently. And like I said, thank you. Eric, what's the story with you? What do you got going on? I wish I had something that interesting. Really? That, that is, uh, no, I honestly did. <laughs> I, a little head scratch. I that. didn't do anything yesterday. Not I, at I, all. No, I cleaned the apartment a little bit. I, you know, I took a nap, watched a little TV, got caught up on. Uh, I, I finished Tales by Light on Net, on Netflix. If you're a photography fan like I am, that's something you totally want to see. It was really awesome. If you like nature shows and that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I did find out this yesterday. I, I found out that a fisherman in Alaska, in a small town of Alaska, can catch a thousand tons of fish in 15 minutes. There's like a there's like a special run that happens and these guys no seriously they make they make their they make their year salary in a day catching fish and one nice. day I mean like it's obviously a job that you know I could never do like no, those, yeah, I don't you, want that job. You, you watch those you know those fishing expedition shows and there's just no way your boys tough Deadliest enough to catch and all that there's no way your boys tough enough to do yeah. that but I, uh, I I I certainly would love it I <laughs> am uh, I'm all in on nature shows recently I finished Wild Alaska I watched Wild China okay I watched Tales by Light some other like photography show on like, all this stuff on Netflix like I am all in on nature shows right now have you watched Planet Earth I have not seen Planet Earth 2. I've seen all of Planet Earth, the first one. Um, I don't know if it's on demand yet anywhere, but when it aired, I recorded all seven of them. And uh, it, like Planet Earth obviously was a great you yeah, know, that documentary, great. And, but the, the advancements in film and, and the ability for them to kind of like do more things now agree, with the yeah. cameras that they have, um, Planet Earth 2 was truly breathtaking. So I have not I, seen I, it. Check, it. check it out, see if it's online. BBC uh, is, is the network that it aired on. If I can do, if I could do it all over again, if I could be anything ever again 
I think I would be a wildlife photographer. Really? Yeah, that's a job I think is cool. Dude, you're always on the move. Yeah. You're in. You're only in a place for about what two weeks tops, maybe a month. You're kind of like an international man of mystery. Nobody really knows you. You, you know what I mean? You, you're kind of your life's all packed up in your bags. And dude, you know what I mean? You don't have kids. You, your photographs are your kids. I, and like that's the I don't know. That seemed like the life for me. I understand like the like the romance of that idea and like oh it'd be it'd be awesome. But I feel like the actual like living of that life would be like terrible. Sleeping in a sleeping bag, hanging up the cliff in Nepal. Right, right. Yeah. And you say for two weeks, but if you're if you're one of those people who are filming like, you know, the rarest snow leopards or something like that. It dude, takes you gotta, forever. You gotta be up in those mountains for like nine months, bro. Yeah. You, you would lose your effing mind. I, uh, no, I would be good at this. Okay. I, I would. Right. It, no, because here's the thing. It would be me up in the mountains and the rest of you are nowhere near me. And that, <laughs> that, part's, that part's fantastic. You're gonna find Stansberry and Stark parks with his iPhone out trying to take photos and stuff, dude. Yeah, crackheads are not wildlife. <laughs> That's, uh, those are, so, dude, methods are not wildlife. That's, uh, even though they look like animals, I, I assure you that they are not. You will not believe what happened to a family in Arizona while attending a Metallica concert. You get that next on Rock 106.9. It's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9, 7.30. Get hooked up with WWE tickets. 8 o'clock, top of the 8 o'clock hour. We'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will happen again top of 9 o'clock hour. And then coming up at 9 is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains. The All That Remains is a Garth Brooks cover. Very interested uh, to hear that. I have not heard that yet. Could be good. Could be awful. I mean, it's a good song. Could be good. It's a good song, so all they can do... I mean, if it's not good, they ruined it. Yeah, I mean, because it was a good song to start with. The Garth Brooks version was excellent. All so, it remains is pretty good too. So yeah, they're pretty good. Not the worst of what's out there now. If you're in a local band, would like to be featured on New Tour Tuesday. Send me your stuff. Stansbury at wrqk.com. Make sure the song is edited. Include a short little bio on the band. We'd love to play you. And if your friend's in a band, don't hit Stansberry up nine million times about playing your friend's band. You know, that guy sent me bad. an email again. Yeah, he was all mad because he was like, play this. And I told him no. And uh, and it, I don't know. He Then he called me names. No, that's what happened. Like, I didn't respond to him. Like, he sent me a bunch of messages and I just hadn't responded yet. And like he felt like he was being ignored and wasn't answered fast enough, so he started calling me names. And then I told him, I was like, dude, I, your friend's band could sell 10, they could sell 10 million records. I'll never play them. And he just sent me another uh, message the other day. I didn't even open it. Maybe I'll read that during the program at some point. Could use a good laugh today. It's just, dude, insulting somebody isn't the way to get what you want. I don't know who told you that was the way to get what you want, especially with me. Like, if you yeah. listen, you don't think I'm going to dig my heels in and go, no, uh, yeah, I don't care. I'm not doing that. There's certain times that can work and being a dick can work and, like, intimidate people into doing stuff. But New Tour Tuesday is probably not the uh, the avenue there for that. No, I, w- I wouldn't think so. So 9 o'clock, you get new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains. I missed um, the Metallica shows this time around. I didn't go. And I kind of wish I would have went. Their new record was not that great, but historically, probably one of my favorite bands ever. Um, a huge band of when I grew up, probably the biggest band of my era. And uh, 
they're usually pretty good live. I mean, Robert Trujillo's an awful watch. Like as long as you don't, as long as you close that eye and only watch like the members of Metallica, you remember they're still pretty good. Yeah, I've seen them more than a handful of times, and I think every time they've been really good. So yeah, I mean, you know, I don't feel compelled. Like, dude, you know what you gotta do is you gotta get back there and see Metallica. But dude, yeah, for sure, I, I, I. I would go. You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those situations. You give me a $25 ticket, I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go to that. Yeah, I would probably go. I, um, I'm i a fan. I've always liked it. But a lot of weird things can happen at Metallica shows. You know, people are drinking in excess at Metallica shows. People are doing yeah, drugs are. at excess yeah, at Metallica are. shows. It's just the way it is. It's the way that it's the way that music's been. And you, you really have to think, too, that a lot of guys who are going to Metallica shows... Um, it's much like the bachelor party uh, situation they find themselves in. They haven't been to a concert in 15 years. Right. They remember, like, dude, last time I saw Metallica, dude, back in '91, man, we drank, we we each drank a case of Budweiser, and like, and and, and, and you think you're going to be able to go out there and do it again? And I, dude, you're now 47. <laughs> you're probably not going to be able to do that again. Yeah, if your cell phone's on your belt, yeah, you probably shouldn't be drinking that much. If you, if you had to ask permission from your wife to go to Metallica, right. don't drink that much. And that's exactly what happened. An Arizona Department of Public Safety troopers arrested a man, 44, Friday night at the University of Phoenix Stadium where Metallica had been playing. They arrested Daniel Daddio because apparently the family standing in front of him, a 10-year-old girl, her father and his wife, told police they felt warm liquid oh. washing over the back of their legs. Oh. They turned around. daddy had been exposing himself and urinating on the family. Jeez. The father then confronts him. He shrugs, according to the paperwork. Troopers then arrested him, and they say they can tell he was obviously a little drunk. I... I don't even know what to say here. Like, I don't even know what you do at that point. I mean, right? I mean, did, if, if somebody pees on you and you punch them, that's warranted in my opinion. Oh, 100% warranted. You're still going to go to jail over it. I mean, you start punching people, you're going to get assault charges. But, like, yes, am I personally going to judge you for punching somebody who urinated on your child? I can't be mad about that. Yeah, I can't believe I can't a dad be didn't, like, pick this guy up and, like, throw him from the mezzanine. I mean, you on his 10-year-old daughter. I mean, do guys, not that any kid's different than the other, but guys kind of hold their daughter sacred, right? It's like like my buddy Rodney. He's got a daughter, Megan, right? And when we, now she's now married, but when we were, when she was like growing up and we were all like sitting around cracking jokes on one another, the one thing you couldn't do was joke about taking Rodney's daughter to bed. A, because you shouldn't do it. And B, because like, dude, you knew Rodney's going to turn into a bear. He's going to kill you, right? Because that's how fathers are with their daughters. It's just the way it is. It's the way it should be. Like, you can't just urinate on people. Like, honestly, you throw this dude from the concession stand over the railing, I honestly, not that you should be able to, but I could see how that could happen at that point. Yeah, I'm not going I'm, I'm to have a major issue with you. I'm really not. Um, I wonder I wonder if this was, this dude was just so drunk, he took his D out and started urinating because it was like, ah, dude, might as well pee here. Or was this like, yo, watch this. I'm about to go pee on these people. It's going to be hilarious. Um, they're saying he was pretty visually hammered when they showed up. So my guess is he was just that drunk. I think it could be either, though, at that point. Like, I could easily see it being, dude, you're drunk with your buddies. You nod your buddy. You're like, dude, you know what I'm about to go do? I'm about to go pee on this family. And he's like, no, you aren't. Shut up. And then he's like, all right. Then you go out there and you start peeing on people. I would hope at 44, it's not still funny to pee on 
strangers. Uh, dude, I don't know. I think there's. I think you're giving a lot of credit to 44 year olds out there, dude. Oh God. Well, then I'm going to be a pretty good 44 year old. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, dude. At 40, I'll be very good at being 44. Now, nobody deserves to be urinated on. They didn't do anything in front of them that where you could no. piss on a 10-year-old. That's no, 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 no. It's no. not okay. But is there a little bit of like, well, what is your 10-year-old doing at a Metallica show? You know, I always say, to, as a guy who bartends concert venues, I always say to kids who are brought there by your by their parents, like in front of their parents, like, wow, you got a cool mom, dude. My mom would have laid down in traffic before taking me to see Iron Maiden. And... I always am kind of halfway serious about the fact that it's a cool mom, and then part of it is me judging you. Like, what the hell are you doing bringing your kid here? What the hell are you doing this for? Like I said, nobody deserves to get peed on, but, like, you know there's going to be adult situations at a concert like that. There's just no question about it. I mean, drug use, alcohol use. It's not a football game. Like, I understand why when people go to Brown Stadium, like, they... They bit, and first of all, I think people are a little whiny about this too. But like when they bitch about guys being too drunk at the football game, that to me is family entertainment. Football is family entertainment. I'm not sure Metallica is family entertainment. I remember Kiss saying this. Now, I know they're all watered down and they're like a cheesy band and this whole thing. But right before they had broken up and the original members left, Paul Stanley had said, We were pulling the curtain back. Before we went out on stage, and we're like watching families come into the venue, and he's like, "I remember thinking like this got away from us. This isn't what we were supposed to be. We're not family entertainment now that they totally are, but like, I'm not sure Metallica's at that point yet. And you're right because not everybody in attendance is looking at it as family entertainment. No, a majority of people are not looking and at this family entertainment. Songs about suicide, ride the lightning, or not ride the lightning. I'm sorry, fade to black. I'm not sure that's family entertainment. Now, you're going to have plenty of people who are like, I got, dude, you got to start your kids early on the metal. You got to start your kids early on the well, metal. Well, you might as well start them early on the fry machine, too. <laughs> right? Be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trazact company, wants to hire you. Like, oh, I really want those front rows. I'm just going to wait till Friday. I wouldn't. That's what everybody's going to do. I don't know. There's part of me that says, yes, you should. You should be in the front row. And there's a part of me that doesn't want you to get locked out either. Maybe you should try to win them today. Top of the 8 and 9 o'clock hour, we'll send you to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Back-to-back shows out there for that. Huge lineup. And then 9 o'clock is also New Tour Tuesday. Bruno Mars, Florida Georgia Line, all that remains, all part of that. A little nervous about New Tour Tuesday. Bruno Mars, I know you're not a fan. For- uh, well, here's the thing. I love Bruno, and I think Bruno's very talented. It's just I used his one song as an example for people talking about how bad songwriting is when talking about country music. And I was like, dude, guys, Bruno Mars out there saying, so hot, make a dragon want to retire, man. Like, that's like, like, that's like amazing writing or something. Like, the same people that are a fan of that, busting on Luke Bryan makes no sense. None. I would think maybe some dragon lines in a song would make you more likely to like it, but what do I know? No, that song was not good. I didn't like that one. And um, I didn't really like the last one either. And they're both big, huge records. They're big, huge hits. I just didn't care for them. I knew they'd be big songs. I just didn't care for them. But I think Bruno's a talented guy. I liked him 
actually earlier on in his career with just uh. the way you are and grenade and like that kind of stuff. I like that stuff a lot. This I don't know, this newer stuff I'm not not so crazy about. But Versace on the floor is his new one, and I'm interested to hear it. The new Florida Georgia Lions called Smooth. Yeah, I'm not so excited to hear that one. I'm 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 betting it's a turd, but I could be wrong. I don't know, man. Those guys are hit makers. That's all they do is make hits. I mean, whether you like them or not, I mean, their songs are always successful. So I'm interested to hear that one well. I mean, remember those guys made a song about dirt, and like that song became a big hit. Yeah, they uh, they 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 don't have what do I want to say? They they have no artistic integrity, and they don't None. pretend to. It's just like, dude, here it is. Here's the bubblegum pop country song that everybody wants to hear, and we're gonna play it. So. I mean, they went on tour with Backstreet Boys for Christ's sake. Yeah, they did. You know what I mean? Like they know who they are. And I, listen, you can. You can get up on your high horse if you want to and hate on them, but like I'm not gonna. Well, I mean, I'll get on it, but their high horse has a lot more money than mine does, so it's like, well, dude, you can sit there and hate until you're blue in the face, but we're green in the face. So. Yeah, I mean, like they took that song "Holy" that was originally written for Bieber. Bieber didn't want it, and then Florida Georgia Line got it, and they were like, yeah, we'll record that, and then made a boatload of money with it. I mean, they they do have a they they have a good like view of what it is they should record. Yeah, I mean, much like Nickelback, where it's like, dude, you can you can hate if you want to, but we're going to be just be laughing all the way to the bank. So, uh, you know, I, I'm already predicting a turd, but we'll see at 9 o'clock. Um, there's a story coming out of Youngstown that one of our listeners asked me about. And I, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't planning on talking about this because we talked about it when it happened. And I just I, I didn't really think much of this. But apparently there's a petition going around Youngstown State now to remove Malik Richmond from the football team. Mm-hmm. You may remember Malik Richmond was convicted in the 2012 rape of a 16-year-old girl back in Steubenville. He enrolled at YSU as a student in 2016. He joined the football team in January of this year, being 2017. The petition itself was started by Caitlin Davis, who said she does not feel that a convicted rapist has earned a place on sports teams. I'm not saying that she, this is her here. I'm not saying that Richmond should be expelled. He does deserve a second chance at his education, Davis said. I'd ho- I do hope that he is successful in life, but he should not be representing YSU as a football player. Now, I'm going to stop right there and say, well, what's the difference between representing the university as a student or as a player? As, as sport, college is, I mean, it, sports are a privilege. So is going to college. Right. And I mean, I think I think I think I, I could make the argument of, well, dude, I don't even know if YSU should allow convicted rapists onto their campus. OK, well, that's my point. If you're going to let him into the university, then let him play football. What's the difference? You, and right. I mean, going to school is a privilege, too. Like everybody always thinks that like like the f- football is like this big huge privilege and it is but like so is going to is, class is is education a privilege or a right higher education that's a privilege okay I mean like you feel that way so I guess well if you're gonna make the distinction between like going to college but like how are you supposed to advance your life then if you do not have the op- the access to education well a lot of people are advancing their life without higher education right. I mean, there's trade schools. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, if 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 that's going to be the case, is that you like, and I both both heightened like our life and our earning ability without college? If that's going to be the case, is that like, well, you can either do all things or no things. I just feel like you are getting into a little bit of like, there's got to be different lines for different things, and just because you can you can go to this school doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be eligible to participate in other things. My thing is, is that your representation of the school, whether you're a member of the student body and or a player, your your representation of the, the university, no matter what. So, what is the, what's the difference if he represents it wearing a helmet or wearing a a like a hoodie from the bookstore? What's the difference? Doesn't matter. Same thing. It's the same exact thing. I I, I feel there's a line there. I feel there's a difference between 
extracurricular activities and being educated at the school. I think there's a difference there. So uh, I don't know what the difference. I'm failing to see the difference. I mean, I understand people feel there's a difference. I would like to know what it is. I, I think that with with the education aspect of it, with the that's what you're intended to go to that school for. Football is not what that school exists for. Football is an extracurricular activity. Wow. So I mean, now I mean, dude. I mean, we're gonna have to rethink the football programs all across the country. I mean, but if that's if that's what I'm looking at. It as is like because that's what Malik Richmond went to YSU for was the football team, not for the education. He went to go play football. So should YSU allow him to be a student, to be a an athlete, to be? I well, like I said, man, like life either you either have second chances or you don't in life. Now I want to make this abundantly clear: if I was a football coach, rape and or domestic violence would be a non-starter for me. You would not be on my football team. Okay, so for those of you sitting here thinking I'm arguing for a rapist, I'm not. If I was in control of the football team, the kid wouldn't play. But let's not pretend that's the standard in the country, because it's not. If you can play, you can play. And we look the other way on stuff. So then why is like why is academic, you know, eligibility a thing? If it's like, well, if you can because play, that's you can them play. pretending they care about the student. Well, athlete. I mean, at least at some point you're gonna have to keep that facade up then. I mean, if you're going to put if you're going to put that out there, it's Yet like, they don't we because ca- this happens all over the country. We care about students, we care about the safety on our campus. Well then like we'll then hold it to some sort of standard by just saying, like, well, but he can play, so we're gonna let him on there. I mean, y- yes, you can do that, but you are letting your standard of what your school, of what your teams, and of what your or your culture is. Yeah, that athletics ma- matter more than education. And in most universities, that's true. Because the athletics are what keep the doors open for the education. That's how they make their money. So I understand why this happens. Again, if I was the, if I was the one making the choice, it would be a non-starter. But I'm not the one making the choice, and this stuff happens all over the country. It just feels to me, it feels like a very, um, obviously a hypocritical thing. And there's so many things that people will... Well, for a football player, yeah, we're going to give him a second chance. But if this kid would have been convicted and he couldn't play football and this kid would have been convicted of rape, they're going to throw him out of the university. He would have never had an opportunity right. to do anything. So, I mean, I, I think there's, if nothing else, there's validity in this in this conversation just because of the hypocrisy of it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely hypocrisy in this, but that's, I mean, welcome to the NCAA. This is the way, this is the way it's been since the beginning of time. There's, I mean, we've seen Joe Mixon. We've seen all this other stuff. And I never understand the, the arguments people make in this stuff. Like, let's go back to Joe Mixon and Oklahoma like he beat that woman up right and there was video of it we saw it happen and people were like well you know he deserves a second chance at another university just not Oklahoma like people were okay with Oklahoma getting rid of Mixon and then another team signing him what's the difference if he's gonna play football what's the difference where he plays I agree with you 100% I think there should be like the NCAA as an organization should say hey no this is our standard once you've been convicted of these things once these things have happened no that's a you you become ineligible for NCAA activities I think that's that's but but that's kind of I think why this woman or why this girl at YSU is trying to do something about that to be the start of that to kind of set a standard of like no, just because you can play athletics, just because you're good at sports, doesn't mean you have a different set of standards than anyone else. I'm being told the kid went to go just to go to college. The kid, uh, the, the coach asked him to play. I don't buy any of that. I don't buy any of that. I think that the, the kid went to YSU because he felt like it was a place that where he could walk on as a football player because a lot of other programs wouldn't touch him because of what happened. Right, and YSU that's not exactly why, a That's why he went to YSU. It's because he knew he could walk and, on the team. If the coach honestly did ask him to be a part of the team, I feel like that's probably... 
probably even worse. Like to 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 say like, hey, no, dude, just because. Listen, we know you raped somebody, but you're so good at football, we're going to allow you to be honest. This was orchestrated before the kid got to the university. They said, just come here. You'll they'll like try to walk on. We already know we want you. This was orchestrated well before he got to YSU. If if, if come on, if you would have been convicted of robbery or something like that, where you stole money from somebody, right? And you said, hey, I'm trying to get a job at McDonald's. I'll just work the fry side. I'm never going to touch the register. Nowhere near the money. Right. And then the manager is like, oh, dude, you know what? Hey, come on over here. Work this register. Knowing what had happened. Knowing what? I just feel like this is a very, like the goal line is moving a lot in this story. Yeah, that happened. That happens in these. There is no unified, this is the rule. And maybe that should be that the should case. Be, yeah, I mean, but the problem is, is, how do I say this without pissing half of you off? That... Dude, in the he said, she said world of some of this stuff, I don't know if you can throw a dude off a football team until you figure out what's happening here. Well, I mean, he was convicted of rape. Well, this particular case, yes. I'm saying that I think that my point is why there's not a unified this is what we do. Well, I think there needs to be a different standard for allegations versus convictions. I think that's fair. Yeah, I just, I, I know the same people that argue to me that we shouldn't have people who get released from prison have to click that they're a felon on a job application telling me that the kid going to get YSU doesn't deserve a second chance, second chance makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. You're either for second chances or you're not, right? I think the same people who don't want a felon to have to click that they were a felon to apply for a job are now telling me this kid shouldn't play at YSU. That makes well, no sense. Well, okay, I I think that felons should have to reveal. Okay, that that's felon. okay. That, and, that's and at I least think, consistent. Okay, and I think that this kid should. So like, uh, that's consistent. But the people who the, the people who are out there are like, no man, you got to give people a second chance. You don't know people make mistakes, and then they don't want to have this because this is an issue that they feel stronger about than some of the other issues. That's not consistent. You have second chances in life, and people. But the thing is, is nobody's 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 obligated to give you a second chance on anything. If I get fired from this job, this company's not obligated to give me another chance. Nor is any other radio company obligated to give me another chance. It's not. I mean, nowhere does it say like, hey. If you have your life up bad enough, we'll just give you another shot. It's a nice idea. No, again, this is what I'm always saying about the Constitution. It doesn't protect your goddamn feelings either. It doesn't protect your your problems with microaggressions. Or it so, doesn't. So I, I guess where's that consistency then? Should you be obligated to give them a second chance or should you not? I think it's nice. I think the idea of giving a person a second chance is is a is a good idea depending on what the infraction was. Like I said, if I was coaching the team, domestic violence and or rape is a non-starter. I don't care how good you are. You're not playing for me because I don't want to hear the conversation from my wife and daughters and the community when I go home. I want to be able to coach my football team and then go home. That's what I want. And I honestly think that's why you're starting to see college coaches retire earlier because now all these kids get in all this trouble and these guys are expected to like be like I don't know, sheep herders for football players to make sure they're not doing anything wrong versus just coaching them on the X's and the O's. But, like, you're a representation of that university, whether you're a student and or a football player. So if you don't want him being a representation of, of, of the school, then he can't go to school there because you are representing the school as a member of the student body. you got to stop making those things separate because they aren't separate. They're the same thing. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Fantone just sent me this. There is uh, apparently this hit late yesterday that Canton police are looking for a missing eight-year-old female. 
Jereni Jolly Ingram. She's a black female. She's 4'6", weighs about 70 pounds, black hair, brown eyes, 8 years old. She was last seen wearing a pink t-shirt, purple pants, blue glasses, and in possession of a black blanket. Anyone with information on this person should contact the Camp Police Department at 330-649-5800 or by texting Canton, followed by your tip, to 847-411. I didn't know. I didn't know our text number. I didn't know that. I can. I can only imagine. But it, it just uh, the 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 fear that's going through her family and her oh, loved terrifying. ones right now. Just awful. I hope they find that girl today. Yeah, I hope so. It's terrifying. Jereni Jolly Ingram. Um, the post I'm reading from the Canton Police was missing since eight seven, twenty seventeen. That being yesterday. Yeah. And I have not heard an update as of yet. So be on the lookout for that. I'm being told, as uh, before the break, we were talking about Malik Richmond, former Steubenville football player who then now is at YSU. I'm being told he hasn't played football in three years. He'll be third string at best. Doubtful. You mean to tell me that Jim Trussell, with all of his issues coming from Ohio State, and Bo Pelini, a career football guy, signed a convicted rapist to hide him on the third string and not have him play? They invited all this trouble in here for a kid that's not going to play. I don't buy that. I don't I'm sorry, I don't buy that. Maybe he won't play, but I don't buy that. I don't I think Jim Trussell and Bo Pelini know exactly what they're doing. At the very right? at the very least, they know that there's potential there. Now, will this kid become a a, a college standout or will he fizzle out? I don't think either. This think- is football right here. Both those guys went, eh, it's been a few years, but you know, who knows? He might still have it. And if he does, we want to be the team that has it. But you took the risk on the kid, not because they want to better the kid or make sure his life works out all right. Not at all. They thought he could fit their scheme. That's why he's there. He's not there to hide on the third string. Nobody brings. Nobody's going to bring in that negative of a story on, on knowing full well you're not going to put him on the field. Especially if if it's true that he was already at the university and then they went and recruited him from like, you know, freshman English or whatever like that. They're going out there and picking him. They're not just picking random kids like, yo, right. do you want to come be on the football wanna team? Want to come play here? Hey, you're convicted of rape. Do you want to come play on the football team? No, they knew who they were picking. Watch Last Chance You on Netflix. College coaches all over the country send kids to junior college and like kind of hide them there until stories blow over and then they come back and get you. It, this, this stuff happens all the time. You're just hearing this story because it happens in your backyard. But this stuff happens in every state and all over the country for football. Yeah, I really do think the NCAA needs to, and I'm not trying to say like, well, they're the they're the federal governing body, but they kind of are. Like, they kind of are the ones who set the standard. Well, who else is going to do it? Right. And if you're just going to say, well, we'll let teams decide what they're going to decide, mm. you're going to deal with this mm, on yeah. a consistent basis, on I, a regular basis. You can't trust college coaches that much because at the end of the day if they don't win what happens they get fired and they got to move their family somewhere else and so of course coaches are going to look the other way on problem issues for kids who can play i know this is sacrilege uh, coming off of hall of fame weekend and going into the start of high school football but it is just there will it, it will never cease to amaze me how much we are willing to overlook because you can run the football because you can you can you can drop back it, it, it will never cease to amaze me i think football gets unfairly attacked in this regard i think because of the popularity of the sport the media not that these situations aren't awful but i think the media 
looks for pro- looks for the problems in football the way they don't in baseball, basketball, and some other sports because of the popularity. Now there was the kid that I can't remember what team, what college baseball team he pitched for, but Oregon State. Oregon State, but yeah. they once they found out that he molested his neighbor as a child, yeah. they they removed him from the team. Correct? That was he no, no longer. I thought I thought he no longer played for that team. No, I'm pretty sure he pitched in the College World Series. I'm pretty sure he did. Don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure because my friend, my friend Catherine went to Oregon State and she had issues. I remember her hitting me up saying, have you talked about this? And so I don't know what the resolution was, but I'm pretty sure he pitched. But I could be way wrong on that. No, he removed. He he, he removed, got removed. He removed himself from the team after talking with okay. with with coaches. Okay, but again, that's not necessarily the team or the NCAA or whatever. I mean, he kind of took himself out of that. I would probably assume that was a hey, you can quit or we can we can let we you can go. Fire you. Maybe yeah. that that may be the case there. But I mean, that's me assuming. So that's, and and again, we're talking about one particular case here. I, I I just I think that there's people are out to get football. Like there, it, it just seems like there's a narrative out there right now that the football culture is bad and playing football is bad for you and all this stuff. It just seems like there's an orchestrated effort to knock football down a few pegs. I could be wrong on that. Now, look, there are some problems in the football culture. There definitely are, but I don't think it's an, I don't think it's an inherent problem with every program or every coach out there. I think, I think, the no, bad think, apples get a lot of attention because of the popularity of the sport. And, and I think that's the generality of it is that like it is it's not every it's not every student, it's not every athlete, it's not every coach, it's not every team, but like there is a eh, we'll turn our cheek to this. We're like we're yes, not there pay definitely attention is. to this. There definitely is. So football practice underway in Berea, obviously, as well. And apparently Brock Osweiler's first practice as the Brown starter went pretty well. I am not a Brock Osweiler supporter. I uh, I believe he's too tall to play that position. You don't hear that a lot, but I think he's like I, I, I don't I, I just don't think he has it. Um, but Hugh Jackson saying some good things about him. He's saying here he's willing to throw down the field. Six foot seven, two hundred forty pound Osweiler has never been shy about his big arm. They say, and he proved that in the first practice with the number one offense. They say whether it be over the middle to Corey Coleman or down the right sideline. To Seth Devald, Osweiler was able to find his teammates for explosive plays, which they kind of view those as 20 yards or more. He looked good, Brown's coach Hugh Jackson said. He went on to say, obviously Brock knows how to play. He is very conscientious, works extremely hard. I think he has gained a lot of respect in the locker room because of the way he prepares. He did a good job today. Obviously, it was his first opportunity with those guys, so we just need to keep fine-tuning some things. Now, I'm just going to ask this question. There's a couple of other observations you had here. We'll get to those in a second. But this is his first opportunity with the first string guys because you really thought it was going to be Cody Kessler, right. and then Cody went, Tell Bart, right? didn't progress. So that's got to be a little terrifying for the Browns coaching staff, right? I mean, here you are, a couple of days, what, two days away from the first game, and you got to switch who you think your quarterback's going to be for that. Now, I get it, it's preseason. Right. But still, you're going against what your set plan was. But they knew. I'm sure they knew walking you think into so? this. Yeah, I mean, they're the Cleveland Browns head coaching staff. They knew that, okay, we're going to say Kessler's the guy, but that doesn't it, – it, it, it's not like you're saying, yo, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. You're talking about right. Cody Kessler here. To 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 assume that he was going to not pan out, I don't think it's too much of an assumption at all. You know Aaron's your guy for the next 10 years. Cody might not be your guy for the next 10 games, so he doesn't have the same – naming him the starter doesn't necessarily have exactly. the same panache. Okay, I, I would agree with that. 
I didn't realize that Brock Eisweiler is six foot seven, dude. Um, I don't know if that's too tall to play quarterback, but dude, that's tall as f. I'm six foot seven, right? And like that's really, really tall. Like that's LeBron height. Yeah, I mean it's pretty big for a quarterback. But I mean, I'd rather have that than five foot ten. I'd rather have five foot eleven Russell Wilson than I would six foot seven Brock Osweiler. Now, both those things are the extreme of their respective height there. Like, I don't think most quarterbacks at Russell Wilson's height are going to be that good. I think Russell's pretty good. I know there have been others. People are going to point to Flutie, and people are going to talk to me about, I forget his name right now, but the guy down in New York, Drew Brees. People are going to talk to me about, you know, shorter guys, but I I think they're more rare than they are not. All all other things equal, I take too tall over too short at quarterback. Yeah, I think so, too. Overall, probably, you're right about that. They say here, Hugh does anyway, that Osweiler was able to command the offense. He was comfortable enough to call the shifts in the formation after surveying the defense, made sure his teammates were lined up in the right spots before calling the, the snap from center. And I know that's... It sounds basic, but you, you need a guy who can do that in the moment. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns, so right. getting basic football things right is the goal. Like, getting the getting in the right position and lining up correctly is the goal. Um, I, I, I think that's where the experience comes in. I think that's why you would go with Brock Eisweiler over to Sean Kaiser as like, alright, week one, I know we're going to have somebody out there that can lead. Hugh feels that uh, Brock Eisweiler can be a starter given the fact that his final season with the Denver Broncos. Now again, he was with the Texans in between there, but in his final season with the Broncos, Eisweiler completed 170 of his 275 attempts. That's 61.8%. That's important because a guy like Cam Newton is a career 56% passer. So 62%, getting near 62, 56% is way too low for the NFL. 62% is pretty good. Threw for just under 2,000 yards and 10 touchdowns against six interceptions. But then in Houston, he struggled pretty bad. So now, and again, that Houston team's pretty good. Like they weren't. That's not a bad team. They no. were in the playoffs. Why do we feel like one year is like an anomaly and one year is indicative of his entire career? Well, you know I guess yeah. I mean? The last year could have been the anomaly, right? And I mean, that's kind of or 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 the year before that could have been the anomaly. I mean, there's they're they're both right. possible there. But you know, I guess you kind of have to give him a shot here. Of like, he's your guy. Yeah, I'm. I was anti the signing. Okay, but he's here now, and it's. I feel about Brock Osweiler the way a lot of you felt the day after the presidential election. You didn't get your guy, but you can't root for him to fail because then the country fails. And that's kind of how I feel about Brock Osweiler. He's not my guy, but I can't root for him to fail because that means my team fails, and I don't want that. I want, I want the Browns to be good, so I kind of need to... Yeah, my personal opinion is Brock Osweiler can't play professional quarterback. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of hopeful and fingers crossed that he can because I want the Browns to be relevant and be decent. But my hopes are they're not that high. No, they're not. My, my, my hopes are not that high. I wouldn't think I would have to sit adults down and, t- and teach you how to eat in a restaurant, but apparently dining etiquette is becoming a huge problem for restaurants. So we'll show you how to do this properly next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wacom Auto family. Starting today, Wacom is dropping the price on about 50% of the pre-owned vehicles up at the Wacom Auto Mile. If you don't know, that's at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. Some of these cars have less than 40,000 miles. Some of them less than 10,000 miles. A lot of... 6.9. Welcome back. 
back to the Sands Ray Show. Rock 1069745. We'll get you up with those WWE tickets. You're getting fourth row seats. October 7th, they come into town. I would imagine that's still at the Civic Center, correct? Indeed it is. Nice. It's a family four-pack of fourth row tickets, too. Is it really? Indeed it is. It's four tickets. Four of them. Oh, wow. That's a good deal. That is a good deal. That's kind of nice, actually. Sometimes I, I, I think about that when we... And don't get me wrong. A pair of tickets is a decent prize, too. But, like, sometimes we'll give a pair of tickets a way to, like, you can tell it's, like, you know, either... A man or a woman with a family, it's like, how do you pick which kid goes? Pick your favorite right there. Right. I mean, how do you pick which kid goes? Sorry, you're the one I love the most. Or maybe this is like, hey, we're not going to pay for you to go to college, but I'll take you to WWE. And if you want to go to WWE, you probably weren't going to college anyway. It's probably a safe assumption right there. Probably not the worst thing. Fantone has worked in about a million restaurants. So many. And so I think that you're going to have, well, unique views and also pretty decent points on some of this. Okay. And, um... I'm reading through some of this, and I would think that a lot of this is common sense, but I sometimes forget that my common sense meter may be a little higher than some. A lot of people say common sense isn't so common nowadays. That's what they say. I believe that's Mike Rowe. I believe, I, oh, okay. I, I, I believe right. that's on Mike Rowe's sticker. Okay. <laughs> right? So I'm reading some of these. Here's dining etiquette, like when you go out. They say if you order coffee or dessert, that it should be a table decision. Like if nobody else is doing it, don't do it and hold the rest of the table hostage at the table. Um, uh, I kind of agree. If everybody's kind of like wrapping up, kind of like all right, we're, we're unless you are willing to sit there at the table by yourself and you're driving alone or whatever, yeah. drive home, then do what you want. It, I, but I, expecting the table full of people to sit there, I would say that's more on you as the as the person because if you if you're like oh well I can't leave now, well just leave, dude. That's what I mean. At least for me, I would be like, all right, dude, you have a piece of cheesecake. Adios, homie. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people think because something else got ordered that you're well maybe the bill. Okay. Maybe the check or whatever okay. that, that might have something to do with it. They say don't show up and order food five minutes before closing. I would agree with this. I do this all the time. I'll be driving down the street and it's like, oh god, I kind of want a gyro. Yeah, but they close at nine and it's eight fifty. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. As a restaurant employee, I hated it, but as a restaurant eater, I disagree with it. And honestly, I feel like I, as, as a, a restaurant, restaurant owner, you want people ordering the food. As a restaurant employee, I almost feel like telling myself to shut up a little bit there because, dude, I get it. You want to go out or you want to do whatever is but your hours of operation are until nine o'clock and people who like oh well we shut the kitchen down it's 8 45 and it's nine o'clock dude that's a bunk restaurant like that is i'm sorry you are open until nine and you are supposed to be serving me food if your owner wanted us wanted to be shut it closed at 8 30 he'd close at 8 30 right. so like there's a little bit of i agree that's like I but s- then the employees would start shutting the kitchen down at 7 45 <laughs> that's what would happen there i mean and then you know what you know your management and, and your you throw them out right you need to, you need to have a higher standard at your restaurant. I disagree with that. I feel like if you're open till nine, come in and, and order food. It oh, we're on sucks. The op- it sucks, but like that's your job as a restaurant. Employee. I would agree that you should be able to do that. I personally would not out of fear of what restaurant employees will do when angered over something like that. And yeah. I know how they are. Yeah. And I know how they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They say here, cheap food does not equal a cheap tip. This is uh, brought up basically because of Groupon. Essentially, you're getting money off of your bill, and then you're only tipping off of what you paid. I always do this. My rule of thumb is if somebody buys me dinner or if somebody does this, I tip on what the bill would have been. And it's because yeah. I've served. Yeah. So like, if I'm getting a free meal or something, I still try to tip the waitstaff is like the proper amount. Whether it's Groupon, somebody else paying a coupon, whatever, whatever got you a discount. Even if it's like, uh, hey, this wasn't very good, and like, I mean, you should still tip off of the money that was spent. Right. Yeah. 
overall what yeah. what what the what the price of product yeah. would be. That's how I that's how I go about it. They say do not linger in a busy restaurant. These are dining etiquette tips. They say, you know, um you, they're trying to flip tables over. They got people waiting and if you're done with your meal, pay the check and get out of there. Yeah. And I would agree with that. Now, there's going to be exceptions to that rule if it's a pretty slow restaurant and you're sitting there and it's like you and you're talking to somebody. That's okay. Yeah, you're going to be fine. That's okay. But if it's busy and like, dude, you can tell that, that, that you know, you're kind of hindering the, the, the operation there, then yeah, get the hell out. You're really screwing the server over there because the more tables the server gets, the more money they're going to make. During really busy times, people, I've had managers tell me like, dude, don't even bother trying to sell them dessert. Like, don't even bother. Just give them their check and tell them to get the hell out. You're going to make more money on that next table. On the next round rather, of food. Rather than selling. Than a piece of cheesecake. Right. Rather than selling a five dollar dessert, that's there. actually a smart. That, that, that was a smart boss there. They say here, don't use the restaurant as your personal supermarket. Meaning, dude, if you're putting more than one packet of ketchup in your to go box, you're one of these people, and officially you're like ninety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, know I mean, they pay for all that stuff. Yes, and I know there's plenty of people who will take extra napkins. And I, yeah, I, see, dude, I I worked at a bar once in Bedford. I worked at a bar, and the owner had been there forever. He still owns, it, as a matter of fact. And he was, a, excuse the term, a napkin Nazi. Like, if we put too many napkins on the he's like, what are you doing? Because it cost him so, paper products cost yeah. restaurant owners so much money. He was constantly honest about how many napkins we put on the table. He hated that. They say fibbing to get free food, lying to get free food is not a, a, is not okay. Don't tell the restaurant it's your birthday or your sister's birthday or whatever just to get free cake. I don't know who would do that. I don't, I'm sure people do. I am not one of these people. I hate the idea of somebody in a restaurant singing to me or bringing me cake. Like, I hate the idea. And restaurant employees hate doing that. You might find like one theater major who's like, no, this is what I serve tables for. But for the most part, everybody's busy doing stuff and, and you're standing in the back in the server alley like, yo, dude, guys, come help me with the birthday. Come help me with the birthday and they're like no i have my own tables to take care of i don't want to look like an idiot out there and 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 yeah if, unless you're a nine-year-old then what do you what, what do you no come sing happy birthday to us it's it's the worst honestly i would be mortified if somebody did that to me i honestly at that point i might get up and walk out of the restaurant that's how mad that would make me somebody making restaurant people sing to me in my birthday. that's how mad i would get at that they say in phantom's been a server so i'm sure you agree with this never blame a server for a kitchen mistake See, the cook or the chef or whatever, they're the one making the food. The server's just walking it to you. Uh, it depends on what the mistake is, because if you entered something incorrectly, that could totally be on you. I, I, I would always play it like, dude, yeah, the, the kitchen sucks today. What do you want me to do about it? And of course, that's the cards I played. But if it takes a long time, there's no guarantee that the kitchen have that up. Maybe the server forgot to put the order in. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not a kitchen mistake. That's a server mistake. Well, but so, how are you to know? I guess, the, like, the, well, again, the example they give, they're like, don't berate your server because your broccoli's soggy. The server didn't have anything to do okay. with that. That's out of the kitchen. And okay. again, I say this all the time gas station attendants and restaurant people, I watch the public treat these people like tr- you people treat those two jobs like absolute trash because you feel as if you're above it and you take out your bad day on them and it's the wrong call you got to stop doing that they say don't send food back just because you suck at ordering like if you didn't read the the menu well enough and i do this all the time sometimes i'll be like yeah, yeah that sounds good and i'll hand them the menu it comes out i'm like whoa i don't actually like that and i don't like that and i don't like that can't send it back i didn't read it right 
Um, I want you as as a, as a waiter. I would want you to have food that you wanted. So if you're like, dude, I hate olives. I didn't realize there was olives on this. Can you make me another one? I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'd rather you be a satisfied customer. I would never. I will never send food in a restaurant back. Never. I just don't do that. I just it, it really worries me. They say don't make a server split the check fifteen ways, and I would agree. What's the matter with you? You're grown ups at a table. Either split the check between two of you or somebody pick up the check and move on. Don't, it, it's got to be all 17 of you need your own check enough. Well, if we're all playing with credit cards, how are we supposed to? I, I, and and, and it, it's not that hard. I mean, at least in the restaurants I worked at, it's not that hard to do. Like, I, I, I will disagree with that too. I feel like if you guys all want to pay for your own meal, that's, that's, that's perfectly appropriate. They say here, if your kids are distracting other tables, you're the problem. And I would totally yeah. agree. The amount, now again, when I go into like, I'm not looking to call anybody out here, but like at one of the cha- like if I'm in a Denny's and a kid's screaming at the table, I totally get it. But if I go into a restaurant like Bender's and I'm spending good money to eat dinner and your kid's crying at the table, get the hell out of the restaurant. What's the matter with you? Even even at Denny's or Applebee's or wherever, I mean, you're still being rude. Yes, I just expect rude people there. A little bit I do. more of a buffer zone there, but still, if your kid's a distraction, whether it's your kid crying or misbehaving or whatever it is, like, and whether that's in a restaurant, Walmart, or anywhere else in life, take care of your kids. They say here that if your phone is distracting other tables, that's a problem too, just like a child can be. And I would agree. Like if your phone rings at a table and you can sense people in the restaurant like looking over at your table, turn it down. You, you can turn your phone down. I would agree with that. I you got to remember you're not out. You're not out alone to dinner. Applies really to any any distraction, anything that you're doing that's impeding on other people's you know experience. There, um, if you're on speakerphone or something like that, yeah, that's rude. They say never snap your fingers at a server or a busboy, and yeah, like who's snapping their fingers at strangers like that? Anybody, you know what I mean? Like, what are you who are doing? You? Who are that you? is the most disrespectful. Like sometimes I would do that, and like I. I I dated a girl who hated it. So every once in a while, I would do it just to like kind of annoy her. But that was like the only reason yeah. I would do it. It's like that is disrespectful to a human being yeah, to is. kind of snap at them that way. They say respect your res- reservation time. If you say you're going to be there at 845, be there at 845. Know the difference between a bus boy and a server. They have different jobs. Don't expect one to do the other. I would agree with all that. Here's the one that I that I wanted to harp on. And this is dining etiquette. And some of you people do this, and I just find it to be gross. It's couples that sit on the same side of the, like of an empty booth that sit side by side versus across the table at one another. I, I those people can't be trusted. I don't. I. I've, there's something wrong with you at that point. Like, sit across from one another like adults and have a conversation. I, I don't do that, but like. I don't care if you do like well, whatever oh I, I i think i think you're a weirdo and i think you can't be trusted and i i honestly think it's very strange what are you so suspicious of them what do they do i don't you think it's weird when somebody can't be that far away from their better half well it's certainly codependent yeah i mean like yes you, I, I i'm glad i'm not in your relationship but like i don't know whatever. yeah like honestly like if i dated a girl who felt like she had to be on the same side like that's enough for me to not, i get Every time I open my mouth, I think you guys get a view as to why I'm still single. But, like, that would be enough. Like, I would walk out of the restaurant going, oh, my God, I can't date this person. She's 15. Like, who thinks that this is okay to sit on the same side? I, I, every time I see it, I just feel so bad for that miserable SOB that's in that relationship. And normally, 
like when you see a sophomore in high school do it, it's like, all right, well, you're a kid and it's your first girlfriend and you think you're in love, even though she's banging half the football team without you knowing. Like, I kind of get that. But if you're 40 and you're sitting on the same side of an empty booth together, you're just weird. And honestly, you need dining etiquette, apparently. That's why they wrote the article, because apparently you guys don't know how to have dinner with one another. We have WWE tickets. We'll put you in the fourth row at the Civic Center. That happens next on Rock 106. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com and can be heard the world round via iHeartRadio. Speaking of which, 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's at 8. Shortly, though, going to get you hooked up with fourth row WWE tickets. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. We'll tell you when to call here shortly. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and new All That Remains. That brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino and Northfield Park there. So I read this story, and I understand that a lot of you aren't going to know this man, okay? Um, but he's still a parent, and uh, he, he chose, well, he's choosing to parent in a way that I think a lot of you are going to judge him. All right. And that's 34-year-old rapper, Boozy Badass. Okay. Little Boozy, this is, right? Yeah. Or is that a different guy? I think it's the same dude. I'm I don't pretty know. sure it's the same guy. Same guy there? The 34-year-old rapper... Went to Instagram, posted a photo of he and his 14-year-old son, and then captioned the photo as to what he will be doing for the 14-year-old's birthday. All right. That's nice. I mean, I, you know, you'd think like, oh, dude, it's a rapper. He's probably not even involved with his children's life. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's probably just the stereotypical, you know, non-existent dad. So what's he doing? As of uh, as the time this was sent to me, the post had gotten 50,000 likes and 4,000 comments. All right. So it's a photo of he and his son locked in arms there. Okay. And the quote is, happy G-Day. Not birthday. It's your G-Day. Okay. All right. <laughs> happy G-Day, Tootie Raw. I love you, son, with all my heart. I oh, he's, I think he said. I think he meant to say props one hundred. Okay. <laughs> See you tomorrow one hundred. Got a emoji, like money bag emoji for you, right. and a bad bitch to give you some. And he uses a term here that I'm not sure I'm allowed to use on the radio for ah. it. But to, I got a bad bitch to give you some oral sex. Jeez. You already know how I do it. 2D Raw, the mixtape, drop on October 1st. <laughs> so his son's, I don't know if like it's his son's mixtape coming out October 1st or if he named his next mixtape for his son. son. I don't know. God only knows. I'm not, I, I love hip hop. I love the rap music. I'm not the biggest Little Boozy fan. Um, I I have bartended one of his shows, but I'm I'm just I I don't know his stuff all that well. The most I know of Little Boozy is the Free Boozy movement. I don't know right. what he ended up in jail for, but like there was a ton of people who wanted him out of jail. And outside of that, I'm not too familiar with the guy either. I bartended his first show out of jail. He played the Agora, the okay. first like like the first show he did out of that. And uh, yeah, he did. He showed up like four hours late. Free Boozy. <laughs> he, I mean, it was like it was like one of those. He was supposed to play at eleven two thirty in the morning. Here he comes. Here he <laughs> He's ready to go. I mean, dude, rap shows are like that all the time. Every time they give me like the headliner time for a rap artist, I know I'm being lied to. There's a part of you, it's <laughs> like, it. oh, well, it's nice. There's not going to be a set change in between. It'll just be artist, 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 artist. But that doesn't start until midnight. So, 
tells the world via Instagram he's got a bad bitch to give his 14-year-old some oral sex. You already know how I do it. I mean, bro, that's problematic. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Because, like, I understand 14 years old, you're a freshman in high school, so, like... Oral sex isn't necessarily out of the question at 14, but amongst your peers. And your father has nothing to do with it. Your parents shouldn't be involved in your sexuality. Right. Not not in any capacity like that. Of having sex. Right. Should they be a confidant you talk to about coming into your sexuality? Yes, but that's the water's edge right there. Like, they shouldn't be around when you're banging. No. They shouldn't be, right? I mean, you they shouldn't, shouldn't be, be part reviewing of this. it. I always feel like that's weird when parents or when parents and kids have, like, that weird line where, like, you know, one of my buddies would, like, tell his dad, like, yeah, dude, banged it out with this chick the other night. And I'm like, dude, why are you saying this to your dad for, man? So a lot of even his fans were saying, I hope this, uh, this post... Is a joke. You could be arrested for, you know, uh, procuring a an adult to perform a sex act on a minor. One yeah. fan wrote, "Nice job using procuring the, the right way. That was nice job. This is a sick grown woman doing this as molestation. And if you get someone yeah. his age, you're an effing pervert." Another one commented. And yeah. what I would tell little boozy is, dude, as bad as it is, would to be contacting above the age like hooker to do this for your son dude whatever you do don't ask an underage person to no do. no just you get on like instagram and look for a 14 year old hey did you want to perform oral sex on my kid that's gonna go really wrong i guess this some of this stuff is in the music because they one uh, uh, listener wrote his son is 14 not seven I don't know why that would make it any better. You're still 14 and, yeah, pro- and too young for sexuality. And if you and if you don't listen to his music, you wouldn't understand the caption. So I don't know if this was like a line from the song, but even if it's a line in the song, even that's kind of wrong. Yeah, you shouldn't be writing songs about getting your son oral sex. <laughs> like that, that should not be your song. It just you never hear like Disturb doesn't do this. You know what I mean? And like I always not like again when because we're we're gonna be getting into some country music for New Tour Tuesday and people always say well you know those guys like write songs about like you know picking up women all the time too and putting them in the truck and having sex in the truck and all this stuff too it's no different than rap music well I feel like it's a little different because Brad Paisley never said it ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. Brad Paisley doesn't make it sound like he's going to let him and his guitar tech and everybody else skeet all over it. You know what I mean? So there is some differences in how women are treated in these formats. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. But before we go, let's get you hooked up with these WWE tickets. We're going to put you in the fourth row, Canton Civic Center, for the WWE on October the 7th. We'll take caller 25 right now at one 800 243 And then a trip for Vegas up for grabs next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. If you missed out on your chance for the trip for two to Las Vegas, no worries. We're going to do another one, top of the 9 o'clock hour. We'll give you a keyword. You text it in. Off to Vegas you go for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I was just reading an article during the break about um, the legal marijuana issues in uh, in Vegas. They're saying that's the latest thing in Las Vegas to tempt you on that. And oh, yeah. I, I was telling Fantone, I was like, I'm pretty excited as, uh, as I'll be heading to Las Vegas for Christmas to see the family. Now I'll be able to tolerate my mother's dinner. I um, I, 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 it just boggles my mind that America is still dragging their heels about this. Like, no, we're not going to do it. How many states have to do it to success before America's like, wait, wait a second, what, what are we doing here? Well, I mean, we've got bigger problems. 
doing than, than that. Oh yeah. Are you are you sure? Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't dude, know. I feel dude, like I mean we gotta make sure we, we redo every comic book movie with all female ah, cast. Okay. Right. Duh, we have bigger issues in this country than our financial problems. We gotta make sure everybody's on equal playing field. Bro, I I've been waiting all morning for what we're about to do right now. Okay. Because you're I think gonna hate the rest of your day now. Okay. Now I'm not getting off on that in particular. <laughs> like, well, thanks, Dick. No, that seems that seems like a pretty mean thing to say. I, it, that's not really the way I mean. I, I, it's not really the way I meant it. But I, you are not gonna like what you have to do right now. Okay. All right. All right. And you, my man, I believe at least I could be wrong, but I believe at, at some point during this conversation, you are going to have to give credit to the president, Donald J. Trump. Okay. All right, and 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 I guess maybe to play a little bit of spoiler here, there's things within the Trump administration that I've been like, okay, I can approve of that. It's not like, no, it's the worst president ever. He's a Nazi. Ah! It's not me. According okay. to Variety, yeah, Donald Trump is breaking up Journey. And if you listen to the show a lot, you know, Ugh. Journey is Fantone's least favorite band. Hate them. I don't em. get that. Hate I really em. don't. Journey, if you were to ask me, they're a top 10 band for me, for sure. They were so good. And you like, I, I'm always perplexed by this because you really do like pop music. I so, do. so it's not the issue with that. You just don't really like, I guess, his voice maybe. Is what I, it is. I dislike his voice. I dislike the stylings of music. I dislike how they were presented as a rock group for a long time. Yeah, the 80s were, were a weird time with rock music. I mean, everybody was kind of, pre- I mean, you know what I mean? Jefferson Starship was considered to be a rock band back then. It's just a weird time. It just sounds bad to me. Like this. Oh, see, I love this song. Sounds terrible to me. But they, honestly, I loved everything they did. Stone in Love, I'll take it. Mother, Father, one of my favorite songs ever. I just really like Journey. Always have. But apparently, Neil Schoen's got a huge problem. Because some of the members of the band met with Donald Trump. And I guess one of the I guess like the keyboardist or whatever, like his wife's like a Pentecostal pastor. And apparently is one of like the big... Trump spiritual advisors and Neil says here and it's always kind of been Neil Schoen's band yeah and it's kind of his band and if you don't know Neil's the lead guitar for journey lead guitars for journey and you know they booted Steve Perry when that whole thing kind of went wrong and Neil was kind of like the, you know the focal point of that and it's like his band kind of like you know Motley Crue was always Nikki Six's band just the way it is and so some of that, like their new lead singer, that Arnell guy, the, the I believe from the Philippines is where he's from, and a couple of other people. And the post from MSN was, Journey, the band, poses for pictures in the White House. And Neil Schoen's freaking out about it. And I can't for the life of me figure this out. Dude, it's like four members of Journey. What do you think MSN was going to do? List them all by name? Nobody knows those guys' names. Nobody no. knows your name, Neil no. Schoen. Your Journey. And I think that's his problem. Is because I guess the band had kind of agreed, like, look, we're not going to be wading into this. We're not going to play political campaign rallies. We're not going to loan our songs out for. We're going to stay in the middle of this, one way or the other. It's not like it's not like you know what we're going to go play the Hillary rally. No. Okay, so we are out of the politics business. They wanted it out of it, which honestly, I will, uh, I'll respect that. I would agree right now that if you're an artist, if you're in a musical group, you should probably do this. I don't have a problem with you. 
uh, voicing your opinions, but there's going to be consequences to that. So if you want to avoid those consequences, I would stay away from it. Yeah, I'm all for an artist standing up for your ideal and being behind it like like a candidate all you want. Just know it will affect your downloads one way or the other. Now, it may help you, but it also has the ability to hurt you. Okay. And Neil Schoen's all upset. Schoen claims that he's neutral towards Trump and that the apparent feud is more about banned politics than Washington, hinting that the rest of the group has talked about going on tour without him. Which, I don't know, how are you going to go on tour without Neil Schoen? How 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 is Journey even still a thing? You know what I'm saying? If you would ask ninety percent of America yesterday, is Journey still a band? No, they broke up. I don't know. It was like ninety four after that crappy album. Who? Why is Journey still like? No, we're gonna remain a band. I don't know how you go on without him. Now, people, I know what some of you are thinking. How do you go on without Steve Perry, that iconic voice? Well, they found a kid who sounds just like him. It was oh. like a YouTube sensation. They found a kid who's, I mean, Arnell does. He sounds, I saw him with Arnell. He sounds just like him. But at that point, I mean, I'm sure you can pl- find a guitar player that can play Neil Jones. Yeah. Songs. <laughs> That's true, I guess. I guess. I mean, I don't, but, he probably owns the name. But, so they're not going to tour with the Journey name. But we're talking about, well, let's just replace all the members of the band and leave them up. Like, what? Are, why is, why is this like Journey has to still exist, dude? Let it die. They say that he asks, how would you feel? If you found out the rest of the band wanted to tour without me, Sean asked on Twitter. He says, they will not tour with the Journey name. Trust me, I've spent way too long building to give up the brand. This is effing insane. It is a serious try at hijacking Journey. It's now time for the truth (laughs) about all I have endured this year. Enough is enough. I'm exposing any abusive, malicious behavior. Go F yourself, dude. I'll tell you what this is all about. This is all about getting Steve Perry back in the band. This is a be careful what you wish for type situation. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and like the Steve, I think Steve Perry was there for the induction and all this, and so people have been hinting at a reunion. And I believe what's happening behind closed doors here is the new singer Arnell is starting to get like a little bit of a big head because he's no, he's now no longer the new guy in Journey. He's been on the road. He's toured with you like six times seen the world four times over given the, and so now my guess is much like the rock star movie like he's now coming to band meetings wanting to like have input on songs and all this stuff and neil sean's like whoa, whoa, wait a minute bro you're a hired hand why why are we recording new songs wait a second bro let's just get out there we'll play faithfully any way you want it'll close out the set and the encores don't stop believing why on earth are we writing new journey songs i okay again as a as a as a journey homer I will agree with you, okay? Once you get to a certain level, tour the catalog. Get up there, play Girl Can't Help It, Lights, Faithfully. Just play the greatest hits record cover to cover. It's all, all you got to do. do. It's all you got to do. But I think that this is about him angling to get Steve Perry back in the band. And let us I know how you feel about Journey. Dude, if they put that back together with Steve Perry, they will go back to selling out arenas this will be arena rock the return of arena rock like dude i was there for journey like i remember being a kid there was no bigger band in the world than journey when they were big i mean they were huge because they spanned everything like rockers liked them and your mom still thought they were cool like they kind of they had a huge wide ass net and it spawned i always say this country music is nothing more than bob Seeger, journey and tom petty put in a blender that's all it is and that's why I like it. I like all three of those things. That's why I like Bro Country. Because it sounds like what I liked. 
But dude, Donald Trump, a meeting with Trump, breaking breaking up with your least favorite band of all time. I thought for sure you'd be all in on that. Journey going their separate ways after oh, Donald Trump. God. See, I fought the temptation. <laughs> I fought it. You know, your boy, No Shame Jimmy Shane says, I don't consider a wrestling after party a success unless Don't Stop Believing plays. And of course, that's the worst of the worst of Journey. That's right your there. least favorite song? Oh, despise it. It's terrible. Don't Stop Believing? Terrible. Yeah, that one's not great. It's probably not my favorite. And everybody acts like it's just such a like it's a good a song. piece of art. And like, oh, dude, oh, we're all drunk at the bar. It's closing time at the bar. Everyone sing along to Don't Stop Believing! You know, Donnie tweeting and he says, yeah, the series finale of The Sopranos ruined Journey for me. And that was a weird choice for the final scene of The Sopranos. That was a weird choice. I just watched it. I just rewatched The Sopranos. Ugh. Listen to him. I don't get it. Like I said, dude, you like horrible pop music. And that's, I mean, essentially what this is. So, like, when you say you don't like the stylings of it, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. It's not liking somebody's voice is like one, you know, I mean, I, I, that I can kind of get. But, I mean, this is no different than, like, so do you hate all that? Like, where are you on, like, Toto and Asia and, like, all the, you hate all that stuff? I don't hate all of it. It's not nearly as, like, off-putting as Journey is to me. But I'm not, like, I'm not one of those people who at a wedding reception acts like, like, Africa is like, dude, you know what? That's the greatest song in the world. We got to get out there. I love all that stuff. Give me Asia, Toto. You know, but I was a big Steely Dan fan. Like, I like Steely Dan a lot, too. Like, so, like, I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, see, dude, honestly, like, if you were going to, if I was going to, this is strictly off the top of my head. I put no thought into this. Okay. But top vocalist. Welcome to the Sansbury show. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) If I was, if I was, duh, if I was going to list some of my favorite vocalists, I'm not going to put them in order. I'm just going to list voices and music that I love. Don Henley, Steve Perry. What's the chick's name from Heart? I always forget which one it is. Is Ann Ann, Wilson from Heart? All right, so I gave you Don Henley, (laughs) Steve Perry, Ann Wilson. Yeah, I like those three. Like those are those are probably those are three of probably my favorite voices in music. They're just I would listen to those three people sing the phone book. So I don't I don't get why I don't get the hatred for Journey. I don't get it. Yeah, you're working hard to get the to get the fill. That's what you're doing. Working hard. You need the thrills, man. Trump breaking up Arena Rock. Don't care about the economy. Don't care about border wall. Speaking of which, as you know, as, as the Sopranos got brought up, I, let me show you how far the country's come since the final season of the Sopranos. Right? Let me show you how far we've come since this whole thing was about Donald Trump to start. In the final season of the Sopranos, they're talking about Italian immigration and about how all their families came over. Right? And right. this is right after 9-11. You got to remember that. And they're talking about it, and then in the episode, they say, yeah, we need to build a border wall now, though. And you hear everybody else in the scene go, amen. And you know why they could say that? Because after 9-11, you wanted a border wall. You're a liar now. You're going to lie about it now. At the, year, the, the few years after 9-11, you wanted a border wall. So much so they could put it in popular television, nobody batted an eye. A few years before 9-11, did you feel the same way? I bet some people did. I bet some people did. But as we're running around bitching about the border wall now, it was in the most popular TV show in, in, in history at that point, and they could get away with it because it's how you felt. It's funny how our views change. It's funny how that works. More Sansbury Show right around the corner.
the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Canton police need your help. There is a missing eight-year-old female, Jereni Jahali Ingram. She's a black female. She's about four foot six, weighs 70 pounds. Her hair is black, eyes are brown. She's eight years old. She was last seen wearing a pink t-shirt, purple pants, blue glasses, and in possession of a black blanket. Anyone with any information on the missing child should contact the Canton Police Department. You can do so by dialing 330-649-5800 or by texting Canton followed by your tip to 847-411. We hope we can find, uh, well, not we, but we hope law enforcement or somebody can find that child and return her to her family. I'm sure they're besides themselves right now. I know people are like, ah, I'm not going to see her. But like, mm. law, well, law enforcement asks for the public help for a reason, right. and it often does turn into like, hey, somebody just happened to see this child, and it turns into a good thing. So keep your eyes peeled today, Cam. Yeah, we kind of uh, kind of need to reunite her with her family. That would be the best case scenario. I do not have any tattoos, and any more in the world, that's rare. Like, it's very oh, rare. Yeah. Especially for, I mean, somebody your age, for sure. And for somebody that does, that's in my line of work and yep. like that whole thing, it's very rare for, for me not to have any tattoos. I've just never done it. I wanted one so, I remember growing up in my dad's house and I wanted one so bad and I begged him, Dad, please just take me and sign for me. Please do this. And I remember him, much like every other thing he taught me, I remember him sitting down and saying to me, Daniel, you want this now, but when you're my age, you won't. And sure enough, here I am, glad I don't have it. So, Again, Pops, kind of smart there. But this is an article I'm reading from Men's Health about the different signs that you will regret the tattoo that you're going to get. Okay. Okay. All right. And I believe that a lot of people probably do have tattoos they regret. Uh, Yeah, I would assume, uh, I don't want to say a majority, but a big significant chunk of people who don't have many probably are like, dude, what the hell was I thinking? So they say if it's on your bicep, you're probably going to regret it. The most common location of an unwanted tat by a wide margin is on a man's bicep. Among men who regret their tattoos, 24% cited their bicep as the the ink's location. Calves and shoulders came in in second and a third roughly, I'm sorry, calves and shoulders came in second and third with roughly 12% apiece. Um... Also, now, yours aren't really on your bicep, right? Do you um, have one on your bicep? Well, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, your Abe Lincoln comes down to your bicep. Your calves tattoo, again, is, is on the inside, inside of, of the bicep. Yeah. Um, so I, I would assume that if you have a bicep tattoo, it's probably like your only tattoo. And to me, I'm imagining like a tribal armband or something like that or like barbed wire or something like that. And I can see why 15 years later, you're like, what the hell was this? It, it, the thing I'll say about that, though, it's pretty easy to hide. Shoulders, biceps, and calves are all pretty easy to hide. Yeah, I would agree with that. They say here the types of tattoos that are most regretted. I'll run you through a few. Um, for women, it was 8.5% of them say they regret the star constellation that they got underneath like their eye. Oh, Which, yeah. again, why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. Face tattoos, unless you're living that lifestyle and you're committed to that lifestyle for the rest of your life, face tattoos, I feel like, are rarely a good idea. I I would agree with that. I very rarely do I see that and go, yeah, that was a good choice. If you're a tattoo artist, if you're right. a rock star, if you're a rock morning DJ, or if you've decided like, yo, I'm going to work and, and, and your boss doesn't care and you're a roofer, like this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And But you're, dude, it's still not the At best some point, you still might need a job interview. I remember like I wasn't, ta- I remember when I worked at the first radio station I ever worked at and tattoos got brought up and I said, well, you know, and somebody said to me like, dude, you do afternoons at a rock station. It's never going to matter. It's not going to matter. It's never going to matter. I said, but. I, that's what I do now. Like, like, what if I don't do this 
25 years from now. Right. I like to look downfield. That's I just try to prepare myself that way. That's just me. Women also said that 14.5% of them said they regret someone else's name they tattooed on them on their body. And yeah. again, why are you doing This is women here, personally. 12.5% regret the tribal theme. 8.5% regret the religious theme tattoo they got. 15.5% of men say that they regret the face or figure that they got tattooed on them. Not the tattoos on their face, okay. but a face of somebody else. They regret that. Portraits are really hard to do, so I'm going to assume crappy tattooing probably has something to do with that regret. Yeah, I would agree. People, like People who get like, oh, I'm going to get my baby's face on my back. And you've you seen see those it, photos? It's a, a disaster. Yeah, I got a couple of buddies. Um, actually, my one buddy, Cecil Porter, is like world ranked as like one of the, I think he's like one of the top 25 tattoo artists in the world. And he just opened a new shop in Portland, and portraits is what he does. That's what he does. He makes things, and he's so good at it. And he chose that as like his lane of where he wanted to be because of how bad he saw everybody else as what it. So like he doubled down on it, became great, and he's not like I said, he's considered to be one of the best in the world. Well, and I'm sure he's able to charge a premium. I'm sure he's oh, yeah. able to, you know. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. He's is expensive as hell. You 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 are going to have to pay decent money for decent tattoos. The age. When people get the tat, the most regretted tattoo, Phantom, give me a guess on when you think people. 18 has eight, to be. 18 to 21 came right. in at 37.5%. That's when people get the tattoo they regret the most. It's because you're getting that first tattoo or you're making that decision of, like, you know what, I'm just going to do this because I have $60 and we're at a tattoo shop. I think as you get older, you're probably a little bit more like thoughtful of like, all right, do I really want this or or am I just getting flames on my arm because they're available? Looking at the graph, under 18, it's 14.9%, which you should regret doing that because you did something you weren't supposed to be doing. That's why you should regret that. 18 to 21, 37.5% of those people regret those tattoos. And now moving down here, as the older you get, the less regret you have. Now my guess is you get less tattoos the older you get, and B, you are more defined on what it is you want. It's probably your children's names or birth date, something about a parent maybe. It's something close to you versus like, man, that Yosemite Sam holding cash and guns looks cool. And you have more money, therefore able to get better tattoos. Ah, another good thing. You know, 21, I didn't have any money at all. I mean, 33, I don't have any money. They say if you got your tattoo on a whim, you were going to regret it. And I would agree. Like, it's it seems to me, like I saw an article two days ago that was like this guy wrote this thing for BuzzFeed about how like we're in this tattoo culture right now and it's ruining America. Now, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think that's crazy. If you want tattoos, get them. I, I, I don't have a problem with it or whatever. But I will admit that there was, it seemed to me that there was a time where people got these things over something really that endeared them to it versus, eh, I'll just do it because it's what people are doing. But I, I guess I'm older now. Maybe I didn't realize people were doing it like that when I was a kid. I, I just think it's the further down the rabbit hole you go, the less important they really have to be. I mean, if you're getting your first tattoo, then it probably does need to be, or at least you'd want it to be something significant to you. But if you're at the point where you've got 10 plus tattoos and you're like, you know what? I like pineapples. I'm going to get a pineapple tattoo. And I mean, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like at that point, you're yeah, already- I've never understood the what people are willing to get and what they aren't like I know a couple of people who have tattoos and they're all over different like first of all like they did one on the thigh and then one on the, mm-hmm. the this part of the other leg or one over here and they're all random none of right. them are, they don't piece together they don't do anything like I will say though like if you find now it helps if she starts out attractive to begin with right but if you find a woman who's got like a half of a sleeve like like down to her like you know her elbow and it's done well, it is kind of hot. 
Oh, yeah. It is kind of hot. Yes, it helps if they're attractive from the get-go. Um, but there's something like dangerous about it and something like almost slutty about it where you're like, oh, man, like, I, you know, it's... See, I'm finding it's that... alluring. I'm finding that less and less to be true because so many people have them now. Like, when I was right. growing up, it was like, you didn't... Everybody you know didn't have a tattoo. It was like the kid down the block that plays guitar and smokes too much weed had right. tattoos. Like, not everybody you knew had to... Everybody you know has tattoos now. They just... Some of the mystique and some of like the like the taboo part of it has been taken out of it for sure as we've as we've kind of moved down into a more tattoo accepting society yes i mean what was once sailors and 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 guitar players is now like well single moms with tramp stamps <laughs> exactly right. exactly the the point there and i'm like i said i'm kind of glad my my dad stepped in here because had he not i'd have boba fett and paul stanley and ace freely tattooed on me and i would be like oh my god what a regret that is i think i think that you also have to keep in mind like Popular tattoos of the day, like I said, like a tramp stamp or like a tribal armband or, or anything like that, those aren't going to remain relevant. If 35 years from now, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, but it's a tramp stamp and everybody had. And it's like uh, you need to be smarter about what you're getting rather than just everybody's doing. this. Well, they do say that tribal is the most regretted tattoo, for, which, by the way, I don't know how people do it. Like when I, I watch all the like, sometimes I'll be at like the Y, like I'm going to go to the Y today and right. play some hoops. Right. And every once in a while, I'll be at the Y and I'll see like a dude in a tank top and he's like big and ripped and you can tell he's like in real shape, right? And he's got tribal tattoos all over himself. And it's much like a dude who had a mullet. It's like, have you not heard the jokes? Like, right. are you are, like, well, were you not aware when you sat down in the chair for eight hours that you were like the epitome of like a frat boy? You can cut the mullet. You can't necessarily, right. you know, cut, cut. Well, like, I mean, you get removed, but... I, I've never seen a tribal tattoo and went, ooh, badass. I mean, unless ever. You, unless <laughs> unless you're like, you know, unless you're Jack Swole, unless you're like a like big the rock. dude. Right. And and like the Rock's tribal tattoos look sweet and partially because he's Samoan and they're like genuine like those Samoan mean, those mean something. Like Roman yeah. Reigns looks dope because like that fits him. But if you're just like, you know, Jim that works down at at, at Office Depot and you've got this giant like, you know, tribal, it's like what what'd you get that for, bro? It's like, I I always want I'm like, who is the tribal tattoo person like I always want like how like it became such a big deal that it's a joke and yet I, I like I feel like I don't know you but I guess Godsmack has to be somebody's favorite yep. band right <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean I guess that's the way it works right so there's a, those are the tattoos that they say that you will regret I would agree if you get tribal tattooed on you I think that that probably 30 minutes after that's over you're probably gonna look at it and go what in the hell did I do more stands ratio right around the corner hang on it's nine Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Also, be listening to some new music for New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Bruno Mars, new Florida Georgia Line, and not so new All That Remains as they're covering a Garth Brooks classic. We're going to take a listen to all three of those. Very interested in that. People have been sending me this uh, this video a lot, and I will admit I want to buy one of these. All right. And instead of cornhole, it's beer pong golf, where you set the boards up on opposite ends of one another like you do cornhole. Instead of one hole, there's like six. And you okay. place the plastic cups in there, and instead of tossing the bags, you chip foam golf balls into it. So it's like a, it's like a golf version of, of beer pong, and I would like that. The only thing I'm going to say is you're putting... Dirty ass balls into uh, into your beer before you drink it. That's always been my problem with beer pong. Is like, 
It's why a lot of people will play and keep the cups off to the side of the beer you're actually going to drink and just keep the cups on the table versus water. I don't even know if I would put beer in this, but if I was in the Muni lot for Browns, and I probably will be a few times this season, I would imagine they're going to sucker me into going to a few games. That I would absolutely play that. That does uh, that does look like something I would want. Just, I don't know where I can get one. Just down the road from here, I know there's like a cornhole board manufacturer. What? I would, I would assume, yeah, it's like literally like three doors down from here. Um, but I would assume that they're probably going to be in the business of making stuff like this. I think it's called Slick Woodies or something like that. And it's right here on, on the same road we are. I feel like and, that's uh, already in my browser. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I already know that one. I think you have a disease, Phantom. All right. I, th- I think you have misophonia. Okay. I think you have misophonia. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we're getting into something. What's going on? Apparently, misophonia is a disorder, which means that the sufferers have a hatred of certain sounds, such as eating, chewing, loud breathing, or even repeated pen clicking. I think a lot of people have something like that then. It was uh, I, I, this. I feel like misophonia sounds pretty phony to me. Me but, too. Okay. But it was first named as a condition in 2001. I bring this up because I'm not going to tell you which one, but there's a commercial that runs on the air here, and it has the sound of somebody slurping something to drink, and Phantom loses his gross. mind every time. It's gross sounding. <laughs> every time he hears, it. and I will admit that if you've ever been sitting next to somebody with a straw and they're trying to get like the last bit of like that chocolate malt up that straw, I have my hand raised right now. Like it is, it's an annoying ass sound. I, I know there's going to be at least some noise with all eating. There just is, but like if you are making a significant or considerable amount of noise when it comes to eating or drinking, it, it, you're being rude. You do like reevaluate what you're doing with your life there because like people are looking down at you because it's gross. Yeah, it's, like it's gross sounding. It's. A- I'll never understand people, adults, that will speak with their mouth open. Like, I'll never get that. Like, I get why a four-year-old at the at the right. dinner table does it, because they don't know any better. But, like, as a guy who goes out on a lot of, like, first dinners, you'll see this in adults more than you think you do. And Gross. it's, and it's yeah, and again, I am, I, dude, I just have a very low meter for things that I won't tolerate. Like, I'm probably, I need to be a little bit more tolerant. Yeah, like, in, if you're in the middle of, like, a, an exciting conversation, and you're like, oh, just in, and, and that's one thing, but like if you're if you're taking a bite and then thinking that you're going to speak while that food's still in your mouth, like come on. The amount of times I watch a grown woman do that across the dinner table would blow you over. Any any sort, like I said, any sort of slurping or anything like that, like it is, it's just rude to the people that you're dining with and dining around. Right? If you can't if you can't drink coffee or if you can't eat soup or if you can't like with you know chew something, no, I, I get it. When you eat chips, like there's going to be crunch yeah, it's crunchy, there. but that's different. Popcorn, that kind right. of stuff. That's different than like, yeah, uh, uh. like we have microphones in front of us. Exactly. So every sound near our mouth is heightened. And so sometimes I'll think while uh, sometimes while Fantone's speaking, I'll be like, all right, let me eat a bite of this because I'm starving or whatever. And people always notice. And it's because there's a microphone right in front of my mouth. So every sound that have exactly the do people hate when you eat on the radio like yeah. so much so that i've that sometimes i'll yeah. do it just to annoy people like sometimes i'll do it just to make people mad 
and uh, which is probably not the gr- not the best system. <laughs> it's probably not a great system. But you know, we're doing well enough. I, I'm surprised. You know, I'm sure I could eat oatmeal while we're on the radio. But dude, you, I like, I find it annoying. But I think you really do have misophonia. I it, think because this angers you. It's one of those things that will grind my gears. Like I will sit there and I will stew on it. Like it'll 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 just and I'll keep hearing it. I'll keep hearing it. I'll keep hearing it. And I'm like, oh my god, stop making noise. You should be able to eat without without. Gross, man. See, it see, is, he gets all mad about it's it. Gross, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm not even that mad. I'm just like, I'm disappointed in people that do that. Like, <laughs> you need to, like what are you doing? <laughs> I dude, I hope we're going into that commercial right now. New Turn Tuesday starts next. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Any right, right there. Wow. Hard Rock Roxino. Oh, that is a great show for them. Vegas Experience Ohio Dress, right there, my friend. That is it. That's a great show for them. James Taylor will be fantastic. I uh, I have actually seen him. He's just, uh, he puts on a good show. If you like him, he puts on a pretty good show. So starting these uh, this week's episode out. With new Bruno Mars. This is Versace on the floor. I don't know what that means. iHeartRadio Music You Should Know. Ah, featuring Bruno Mars. Uh, Versace on the floor. Let's take our time tonight. Girl. Oh, it's a smooth up in it song. Oh, yeah. Versace on the floor? This is Versace underwear being put on the floor? I'd assume so. No. In this world, you're He's got a voice and a half. There's no denying it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a voice and a half. There's a reason why he's a star. There's oh, no yeah. question. Oh, yeah. Underneath the chandelier, we're dancing all alone. There's no reason to hide what we feel inside right now. So, baby, let's just turn. That was bad. It's got to be so nice to be him, just that you can like be like, all right, play an 80s song for me. All right, we'll just record that one. I'll sing some new lyrics and everything will be fine. That's exactly what and happens. That's all he does. That's dude. all he does. And, you know, music moves in cycles and like people who who love that style of music are probably, you know, in his age range of what you're trying to get to your concerts right now. But, dude, it's just like, nah, play a Prince song. I'll, I'll record that one. That's yeah. fine. Sounds like he wants her to take it off so he can wear it. <laughs> That's the way Bruno Mars always sounds to me. I mean, this all sounds so Lionel Richie to me. Like, oh yeah, it just sounds like he's covering a song. Lionel Richie is the right call, right? Yeah. 
mean, you can tell he's always had an obsession with Michael. Like, mm-hmm. you can, I mean, you can tell he's got a Michael obsession as well. But this is very reminiscent of like, I left the Commodores and here's new Lionel. R-. That's what it sounds like. You're right. It's a snooze for sure. It's this is this is not great. But here, but this is what's happening. Like Bruno Mars is hitting that point of his career. Is what I'm always talking about being in the studio with professionals and musicians. What's happening now with Bruno Mars is he's gotten so big, nobody can tell him no. Like, nobody wants to be the guy in the studio going, bro, this is a swing and a miss. Let's try again. Nobody wants to be that guy for him anymore. Everybody's like, yeah, Bruno, you're Bruno Mars. Just keep being Bruno Mars. I don't feel like this is like a swing and a miss, but it's not a home run. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I mean, somebody chose to put this out as a single. Yeah, if it was track eleven, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's. I, I feel like nobody's able to tell Bruno Mars no right now. Now I know why. The last two songs were like upbeat pop songs, you know, club bangers. Essentially, is kind of what they're considered as. And so he's he's showing you the other side and what he's also capable of. I get why you did it, but this isn't the best offering. Dude, our company can't stay out of their own way. Even when they're trying to make you like a song, then they put somebody in there doing that. God, this company, dude. Oh, my God. Was that the end of it? Yeah, that was, uh, we got to the. Thank the dear Lord. Fantone, give me the vote there. It's a turn. Uh, I'm a Bruno Mars fan. I like the guy. I like the the catalog for the most part. Um, A little too slow for my taste, and there was nothing really to it to redeem it. So not only did I dislike it, I don't feel like that song's a hit, so I'm going to call it a turd. See, I love the slow jams. Give me the slow jams. I was a Jodeci fan. Give me the slow jams. But that was not a good slow jam. I had to vote to uh, turd on that as well. It's a turd. Hopefully we'll redeem ourselves with new Florida Georgia line that happens next <laughs> on Rock 106.9. Rappers, the they'll have like, you know, a lighter going off oh, in yeah. the beginning because they're smoking pot. Well, dude, this is the frog on the beat. I love it. Yeah, Mike Will. Step your game up. <laughs> Can't get over it, dude. Smooth, like a Tennessee walker just walking on the water. Smooth, like a sunny morning ever singing gospel. It's a hell of a groove. Like the lines on a Mercury. Girl, you put together perfectly. I'll say 
this. This is more country than they've been known to be. I was going to say, even at the beginning of the chorus there, when he started singing, he, he certainly put the twang on. And I don't care if you're not genuine country. I don't. It just sounds like you are. This is uh, this sounds to me, and we haven't heard the whole thing yet, but this sounds to me like they've heard some of the complaints people have about them not being country enough. And we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll give you some of that. What? <laughs> Cat Daddy driving a caddy from California. Okay, I guess. All right, whatever that means. <laughs> Dear God, that was rough. I think the chorus is enough. Well, man, it's country music. It's all it has to be. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think the chorus might be enough. It's just much better than I thought it was going to be for them. <laughs> Can't get over those frogs, dude. I want to doubt it, but these guys made Dirt a hit. They made Holy a hit. They made God, Your Mama, and Me a hit. Like, they just, they're hit makers. I want to doubt it, but I don't know how I do. I mean, everything they touch goes to gold. Everything they touch goes huge. Dude, those frogs, I just can't stop, dude. I like, honestly, that was the best part of the song for your boy. I, uh, Fanto, give me the vote there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Not a Turd. Not that I'm like, dude, that's a great song and I want to listen to it on a regular basis, but for country music, I think you're right. Um, the chorus is more than good enough to make a hit record out of, and that was something different than what I expected Florida Georgia line to give right. me. I you know, usually it's 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 so bro country and so over the top and I guess that song was a little bit, um, but I not a turd there. I uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna vote not a turd. And like I said, when they released that song Dirt, I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And number one hit. And then it was Holy, and I was like, oh my God, really? Hit. And then God, Your Mama, and Me, I was like, Jesus, really? With the Backstreet Boys on the track? 
hit. And so, like, I, I feel <laughs> I, I'm hesitant to vote against them. There's no reason to doubt anymore. I mean, and, and, and you can doubt, well, are they good or not? But you can't doubt, are they hits or not? They, they're, 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 they're a hit maker. They are a hit maker. I, uh, I, like I said, I feel like that chorus, we all do this. No matter what kind of music you like, you will forgive parts of songs that you hate for, to get back to the parts that you enjoy. And welcome to the chorus. You don't know what the parts you hate are. I mean, how many times in this studio, you and I have heard a song eight bajillion times, and one of us will say something, and I'll be like, oh, I didn't even know that's what the lyrics to that were. Right. nobody cares, dude. Just get to the part I can sing. Just get to the part I can chant in my car. If, you are a, uh, if you're a fan of kicking the dust up, and I assume that most of you listening are, uh, Sunday, 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 from one to three, your boy's going to be at the Dusty Armadillo, so ah. come on out, get a dipper, and get the thing stuck one time. That's right. Fantone's at, Fantone's at the Dusty. Yeah. I don't think you're going to return from that. Dude, I got to figure out what I'm wearing. I'm very nervous about that, dude. I'm very nervous. Not, it's not hacks. Oh, dude, what was the big dumb hillbilly from WWE that uh, that only wore... Uh, big John Studd? No, no, no. He, all, he always wore the overalls. Yeah, Big John Studd wore overalls all the time. Is no, that that's not what I'm thinking of. It's, it's a guy from the 80s. He oh, had the straw um, hat. Um, uh, hillbilly Jim. Yeah, dude, go dress as Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I almost called him Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But no, go as Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim would be awesome. Dude, Hillbilly Fantone will be... <laughs> dude, that'd be so awesome. Dude, I'm, get, I'm gonna get beat up at the Dusty Armadillo. No question. Yeah, that's what I want to have happen. <laughs> we'll end New Tour Tuesday with all that remains. That happens next on Rock 106. New Tour Tuesday now. We already played you the new Bruno Mars, Versace on the floor. Voted turd on that. We both did. Florida Georgia Line smooth. We both ended up liking that one. Voted not a turd on that. And we like to play local bands on New Tour Tuesday. And I did not have a great submission for this week. You can send me your stuff at WRQK.com. Or Stansbury at WRQK.com, rather. Sorry about that. And include a short little bio on the band and a radio edited track. And I reached out to a guy in a band that I really like. And his name is James. And I reach out to him. Say, yo, James, send me the, the, the newest thing your band has. Mm-hmm. And because he's in a great metal band called Ringworm. And if you're into the metal stuff, Ringworm's been a band like, I don't know, like 25 years or whatever. And they tour the world constantly, whatever. But they're playing their first show ever in Canton, Ohio. This coming Sunday, they'll be at Buzzbin. Nice. Uh, proud partner of the program with us, uh, you know, Buzzbin is. And so, uh, Ringworm, and dude, I've known James a long, long time. He's in business, actually. He owns a tattoo shop with my, butter, uh, with my buddy Rodney. I've known James a long, long time. And Ringworm's fantastic. And if you haven't seen him, Buzzbin's a great place to, uh, to get that. So I hit him up. And, you know, dude, like a tattoo artist that plays in the metal band, he's not awake this early ah. in the morning. So he hasn't gotten it back to me. So I didn't know, I, I didn't know which... Ringworm song uh, they wanted to play, but that was going to be the local today. Sunday Metal Sunday, you'll have an opportunity to hear all the Ringworm songs. Damn right. I was first exposed to Ringworm. Um, I was young, dude, Like, and it was one of my buddy's older brothers, and one of his buddies wrote Ringworm in like wet concrete at East Idlewood Park, and I was like, what is that? Yeah. He's like, I'm going to change your life, dude. And then I listened to Ringworm. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. If you and like that, been around forever. Yeah, if you like that style of music, Ringworm's very, very good. They'll be at uh, they'll be at Buzzbin Sunday for Sunday Metal Sunday. Your final song for New Tour Tuesday is "All That Remains." They covered they covered a Garth Brooks song here, which perplexes me. Before we play it, it's perplexing because the "All That Remains" fans they're the same people that hit me up all the time complaining about bro country and country music. And what I'm going to tell you is, All That Remains didn't decide to cover a song they hated. <laughs> right? I mean, they. Uh, my guess is, they thought the song was pretty good and then decided to cover it. They have covered Garth Brooks' 
and the thunder rolls. The video's online for you at WRQK.com as well. Gotta get those thunder sound effects in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get the frog from the last track. Not a soul. The city's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. Raindrops on the windshield is a song moving me out. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been. And the thunder rolls. And the thunder rolls. I like how they had some sort of electronic sound effect in the background there, like it was a dubstep song. What was that? I don't know. That might have been our equipment. Sounds about right. I think so. <laughs> seems like a weird time to cover this. Why do you say that? Well, I mean, I mean, I know Garth kind of came back last year and kind of had those big shows, that big tour. So I guess he's top of mind a little, but like, he's not like the man right now. This seems like a no. very t- weird time to just be like, oh, and here's a Garth Brooks song. I mean, it is a classic song. There's, oh no, yeah, there's no doubt about sure. that. Very recognizable. Um, I would just think that. All that remains probably savvy enough to know that, like, well, dude, country music's pretty popular right now. Nobody bigger than Garth at the end of the day. Like, you can say, well, what about all these new guys, Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean, all them? Yeah, but Garth's going to sell out before they are. Garth's going to sell out. And Garth, just based on the era that he came from, has more credibility. If you were doing a cover of Kick the Dust Up, dude, fly out the window. You're all credibility you have. Where it's like Garth. It feels different somehow. You know what it is? This is what I say about athletes all the time. Nobody wants to admit LeBron James is the greatest because he's still playing. Right. This is what this is, is that now people want to trash the current country stars, but yeah, I mean, back in the day, I mean, I liked Kenny Chesney, and yeah, I mean, I kind of like Garth Brooks back in the day, but like, and it's like, nah, secretly you like Jason Aldean too. You're just not going to admit it until he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I like how they're talking about a thunderstorm keeping you out all night. Like, well, you can't drive in the rain. <laughs> if it was snow, maybe you could be like, oh, sorry, sweetheart, got stuck at the office. What do you want me to do? Drive in a blizzard? But dude, it's like, dude, it's raining. Last Friday, I pulled over in the rain. I couldn't, I couldn't see two feet in front of me. It, dude, it can rain hard enough for you not to be able to see. The thunder was rolling. Oh my god, Jeez. was that bad? Yeah, that's that was like the most kick-ass part of the song. You yeah. really could have crunched that. And- was waiting for that whole part. That's what I was waiting for, and they screwed it up. Are they purposely making the vocals in the background of this? Like, don't they feel understated? Oh yeah, that broad singing in the background? Yeah. I don't know, dude. 
Even him, it just doesn't sound front of the record. If I'm explaining that properly. Oh my god, let's make sure you get the breakdown in there. I mean, I guess, like, the message of this song translates across all formats. Of course. So, I mean, I can get that. This dude probably just got busted cheating on his wife, and he was like, oh, "Oh, I'm going to write the, or I'm going to cover this song, and I'm so sorry. I love you. I never thought of that, but maybe he did get caught sleeping with his guitar tech or something. I normally like them, but this is not good. I feel like, did we get like a bunk version of this or something? Because you're right, the mix just sounds way off. Maybe our version's not great. Or maybe their version's not great. I was going to say, maybe it's not very good. And I, and like, I like them. Like they're, I mean, they're pretty good at what they do. But this is such a, and I like covers. I'm all for bands covering other bands. But I always say about a cover, either do it exactly the same or change it completely and really make it yours. When you only change a little bit of it here and there, it's just like, why are you screwing with it? Probably saw the success that Disturbed had covering that. Um, oh, well, dude, the Disturbed's on it on every record. They had Shout on the first one. Right. They had Land of Confusion, I think, on the second one. I mean, Disturbed, that's what they do. What was that one that they just had, Sound of Silence? Silence, Sound of Silence. It was like, oh, my God, it was so good. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the, it really dude, was Disturbed's it. cover of Sound of Silence was awful. Well, is that the end of that? Yeah. No, I mean, no, but yes. Yes. Keep, keep playing the guitars for a little Just bit. stretch it out, all that remains. Keep stretching it out. That's what you need to do. <laughs> the problem with the Jeez. song is it wasn't long enough. <laughs> That's the problem right there. Yeah, so I'll give you the vote there. Uh, it's a turd. Like I said, I don't know if we got a bunk version of that or something, but the mix was off. There was no real reason to do it. If you're not going to like really crunch it down and like kick ass on those That's what guitar I'm saying, parts, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing this for? What are you doing well, for? Turd. I mean, dude, you, they, you had a pretty successful record last time out. All that remains. I, I don't think attention is, is really the problem that, that you're having as a band. I don't personally, I didn't get that whole thing whatsoever. I vote turd on that. It's a turn. Yeah, I just uh, I I did not care for that. Again, Sunday Metal Sunday at Buzzbin this Sunday. You can catch Ringworm there for that. Aside from that, we are done for the day. You'll get hooked up with another trip for Vegas. That happens at the top of the 10 a.m. hour. You guys have a fantastic afternoon. See you. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here, and if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, TrueBridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. TrueBridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors 